Look alive, Alia. I'm Retronautic, and this is Retrograde, where we look at lists, countdowns, and count-ups. And today we're doing a list of the PS1 re retro reboots and remakes. Uh, so yeah, basically a reboot, it's, you know, anything that takes the initial formula and then adds something new to it. While remakes are basically like remasters, you know, they're updated graphics or a, a new skin on it, you know, new coat of paint. So yeah, um, that's basically what I'm going to be doing. And what the retro is, is basically, you know, like any of these old games that have been reinvented for the PS1 console. First up is Load Runner. The legend continues. This is one of those reboots I just mentioned a while back, you know, all those seconds ago. Better times, you know. Uh, anyways, yeah, this is a remake. This is just full on, like, I guess, it, I don't know if the levels are the same. Not to mention if they had the extra um, items you can use in the original Load Runner, but uh, this one has that. It has a new uh, updated graphics, and the levels do seem to be the same. I don't know if they are exactly the same, or if they're, you know, it could be just a straight, full-on remake of just updated graphics. But even if it's not, you know, it's still the base gameplay is exactly the same. You know, there's nothing new to it other than items and the look of it. Um, and maybe new levels, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's pretty great, actually. I found this game to be really interesting and fun. Um, the updated graphics are kind of funny. Uh, you have, you know, just this, like, jungle background with a uh, jungle-type levels. Then you get into some mines and then caves and then... You know, there's like a, a snowy area. There's um, like, I think it's a spaceship or industrial or something like that. There's all kinds of different things of the levels and they get pretty complicated. I mean, the puzzles are very, very uh, difficult. Uh, not always, but yeah, uh, starting out, it's pretty easy. But as you get in there, it starts getting a lot more tricky to figure out. But the main gameplay, if you haven't heard of Load Runner, is that you're trying to collect all these gems, or I guess gold coins, I should say, um, in order to open up a portal to get to the next level. Um, the entire time, you can, you know, go up and down ladders, you can shimmy across ropes, um, and the main mechanic is that you can dig holes on your left or your right. Um, they can actually be used to drop down to different levels or even enclosed spaces. And as well as uh, they can, you know, take out enemies. You know, you have an enemy that can fall into it and then you can run across that enemy. As well as you can actually wait, time it right and get the enemy to be closed up by the by the ground itself. And then it'll respawn somewhere else. Now, usually that just means they're going to respawn and start chasing you again. But sometimes that's actually the mechanic is you want to respawn them because then they'll respawn in this spot that either is closed off or makes it so they're far away from where you're trying to get to, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. I like the idea of it, but it does get really complicated. And eventually they do start adding in other stuff like um, there's bombs that you can blow up not only the place but the enemies with. You have like uh, this sticky ground that you have to go across. It starts out as an obstacle, but eventually you get buckets of it so you can actually throw it out. And there's all kinds of other items, and it's really cool. It really does change up the gameplay. The only thing is it does get kind of tiring because it's a ton of levels, which is great. I love that. But the gameplay, it gets a bit stale after a while. I'd say if you're going to play this game and you want to play it all the way through, um, have another game on hand, maybe two, you know, so that way you can break that monotony up. 
you know, but it's still a really fun game and really worth uh, playing. I mean, I thought it was a great time playing that. Uh, the only thing is the graphics are kind of strange uh, just because the levels look great. Um, it's just there's the enemies, which are these like cannibal cultists or something like that. Uh, cannibalistic cultists. And yeah, they, uh, they're dressed in red. They look like blobs when they come and get you, you know, if they catch you, but then it shows them like just eating on you. But it is kind of clever, I'll say that, because they actually have them in blood red cloaks. So you hear this like grotesque sound of them eating you and it doesn't need to have blood because the red cloaks sort of look like that. So it's almost like they got past the sensors by making it so the blood red cultists are eating you. So it, it somehow they got past that, you know, it's cannibalism, you know, they literally eat you alive and all that but they made it in such a way as well as i think the uh manual says that they beat the bejesus out of you not eat you alive uh but yeah no the sounds are pretty grotesque i'm pretty sure that that is is the case uh as well as uh picking up those gold coins man gosh that's like really satisfying sound it's almost between uh like dropping a coin into a tin cup or and ringing a bell it's just in there and it's really satisfying to pick up all those dang coins because you get that sound just you know, ding kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. The last thing about the graphics is Load Runner, the guy. I don't know what his name is. Logan, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he's supposed to be an adventure type kind of character, but he's just all in sweats. He looks like some, you know, uh, guy sitting around the house was like, you know what? I'm kind of bored feeling lazy. I'm in my sweats. Let's go on a treasure hunt, you know? And it, it's just kind of funny the way they went with that. You know, he, he just looks like, you know, a guy with sweatpants and a sweatshirt on and some sneakers, you know, he's got kind of long hair. So yeah, I guess he's cool because of that or something. I don't know the nineties. That was a strange time, but yeah, they, uh, they have this like basically what a dad bod guy looks like just running around in his sweats doing all this stuff. So I just thought that was kind of funny with the graphics. But uh, other than that, it looks really good. It, uh, there isn't really a story, but they do have these great cutscenes in between each area. When you go from like uh, the jungle to the mines, I think it is, um, you'll have this funny little cutscene of like uh, bowling over all the cultists with a bomb. And then, of course, it explodes and kills them all or something. Well, it knocks them around. It doesn't actually show death and things like that, really. But um, yeah, it's it's almost like slapstick comedy, and it's really done well. I'd say it's worth it, uh, even though they're short little cutscenes. It's worth getting to each one just to see the little funny things that they do because it's pretty funny. I liked it. It was it reminded me of like a Three Stooges type of thing, you know. And I'd give a couple of suggestions. There is on mobile um, a couple games that are basically Load Runner. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have the original Load Runner as well, as well as you know the PS One game. Um, actually has extra levels as well as a classic um, game you could play of, of Load Runner as well. Um, but the mobile side has a Load Runner game. It's done with this odd kind of look to it, almost like uh, paper cutouts, I guess. Um, the main guy, he looks like some kind of like astronaut with a Bieber slash Conan O'Brien uh, haircut. It's like this flame that's coming off his head or something. It's funny looking. But uh, other than that, it's very industrial looking and you have robots instead of uh, cultists and you do the same sort of thing. Then there's a uh, Grave Digger, which I played the free version first and got all the way to the end. 
but it was just so frustrating to even try to get to the end. And I didn't beat it. I eventually just quit because I just couldn't stand it anymore. It was a very hard game. But then later down the line, I was going to do a review of it, a bad review, in fact, and played the paid for version, which was like $1.50, not bad. And it was actually, it seemed like they nerfed it just the tiniest bit because it was really fun. I had a good time playing that. It, it was still really freaking hard, but it wasn't so so much to the point of like you're ripping your hair out, you know? So yeah, I would say Gravedigger um, and Load Runner. Gravedigger actually, they call it that because yes, it has the digging mechanic, but you actually have to go through like uh, catacombs and demonic worlds and things like that. And you fight... Uh, skeletons vampires uh for some reason leather faces yeah <laughs> chainsaw massacre leather faces are all over the place and demons um but man does it get freaking frustrating and hard my gosh uh but yeah this the paid for one a dollar fifty was not bad so if you wanted to try that out um now moving on to the next one in the list is up next is Pitfall 3D, which is a freaking awesome game, actually. It's very janky and not very good, in fact, but I love it anyways, because I guess maybe I have some bias because I do love the voice of Bruce Campbell, who is the main character in this game. I mean, not all the voice acting is done by him. I mean, like uh, his fall voice or damage voice and things like that, um, that's done just by like... I don't guess another voice actor, you know, sort of thing. It sounds like stock sort of sounds, you know, um, but he'll have quips as well as throughout the story, he says things, you know, and it's it's actually really great and very much a Bruce Campbell type uh, of script. You know, you, you feel like you're getting the full Bruce Campbell smart ass type of, you know, cocksure type of um character and it's really great to hear i love that you know plus you know while you're playing the game you'll hear him be saying little things like a quip here and there or or even something like uh, a giant scorpion i guess my i guess dad wasn't crazy something like that so it's actually even telling you a little bit of story and you know not really i'm not fully a, a story but you know it's giving you some insight into uh the game itself while you're playing it too which i thought was kind of cool it's a little bit ahead of its ahead of its time the only thing is the levels themselves are kind of structured like um crash bandicoot style a little bit um they have these it's like 2.5d sort of side scrolling sections and then these 2.5d sort of uh vertical sections and it's it's done well enough i'll say that it's a bit strange you know it's all 3d don't get me wrong it just feels 2.5 because of uh the structure of the levels themselves added to that um truthfully the the levels aren't badly structured you know they feel pretty cohesive the only thing is um the look of them are very muddied so you know you have the uh you know, textures stretched over, you know, whatever, you know, models and things like that for the levels they have, which makes it, you know, not, not all that glitchy or anything. That's not the issue. It's that it's so colored in a way and stretched in a way that you can't tell where you're going unless you are in the optimum lighting type of thing. So then you can uh, actually see what you're looking at because I, I have to play this in my car while I'm at work with the sun light all out everywhere you know and um that, heck that's what i do my podcast as well um and so i can't i don't have the optimum light so maybe it could be that issue but it seems really muddied i mean like it's all very browns and things like that and dark 
uh, browns, lighter browns, kind of tans and yellows, and things like that, or at least for the first jungle level. Then there's, um, which is also kind of pale and tans and things like that for the temple and all that. But yeah, the point is, um, yeah, it seems like they don't really give a lot of um, visual direction. I'll say that, you know, like it should be kind of just... Um, context clues and things like that you know this has none of that it seems like it kind of melds together but at the same time it still works well enough you know as long as you keep an eye out enough sure have the right lighting um so yeah it's actually a really cool idea for taking the pitfall games and turning it into a 3d space don't get me wrong i know they had like a, what is it the mine adventure i think um before that for the snes which is actually really cool i love those cinematic platformers, I think they call them, um, like Blackthorn, that, uh, Out of This World, um, you know, in case, Another World, I guess, is another word name for it, Fade to Black, you know, all those type of things are actually pretty cool. I, in fact, I think there's a, The Jungle Book as well. Not not great, but still not bad. If, you, if you're into those, check that out, as well as uh, Nosferatu. Maybe I'll do a list on those. Jeez, there's, apparently there's quite a few. I didn't realize that there were more than I thought. Another issue is the attacking. You have a pickaxe, which I thought was kind of clever. It's like, okay, it sort of works with the pitfall guy. He's got a pickaxe, you know. I'd rather him use a whip or something like that, but I guess, you know, you can't do that for copyright reasons, maybe. I don't know. Um, but no, it fits well with him, and the only thing is, because it's a pickaxe, it's like a small weapon. And while bigger enemies are a little easier to use, um, but like smaller enemies, like these fly creatures in the first level, that gets kind of annoying. You're trying to hit them, pointing at the right way. It seems like sometimes it's just button mash, as long as you're pointed in the right direction, while other times, if you're like slightly off, um, then you'll keep hitting air while it keeps attacking you. So you have to like keep adjusting your uh, direction while you push the hit button. Um, then there's also these scorpions. You have to crouch first to even hit them. And then it's kind of hit or miss with that because either they're going to hit you and flip you animation of them flipping you back and forth while you take damage, which is frustrating enough to take damage, but then having to sit through this stupid little animation, uh, it's not it's not too long. It's like a quick thing, but it's still, it, it adds to it. You know, it's like putting salt in the wound, um, as well as it's kind of hard to hit. So you hit it and it doesn't always connect, you know, so either he's hitting you or you're hitting it and it's dead. So that gets kind of frustrating, uh, with the bigger enemies, which is mostly what you deal with. Uh, the first level is mostly those small enemies, but then eventually you start upgrading to bigger enemies and things like that. And that's where it becomes a little less cumbersome when it comes to attacking. Um, but it is really basic type of attacks. Um, the music's not bad. I kind of like that. It's not amazing either, but, you know, it does the job. And, uh, you know, it's like jungle theme or temple theme or atmospheric and things like that. Ambient, you know, sounds, you know, it's it's nothing amazing when it comes to the soundtrack, but it's still pretty good. You know, I still thought it worked well with the levels you're playing. Um, the main really thing is, uh, you know, you have a little bit of collectible collect-a-thon type stuff. Um, they're basically these coins, and then there's um, checkpoint coins. There's uh, crystal healing fountain kind of things. But, yeah, it's basically just these coins. They don't really do anything. There's no real reason for them except for collecting them. So at the end of the level, it'll say you collected this many. Good job, you know, and you get it like a grade type of thing. How many times you died, how much uh, health you lost, things like that, you know. 
and of course those collectible coins which don't seem to do much i didn't really get anything out of it i mean like i didn't play the entire game or anything i wasn't 100 percenting it but uh the first few levels i never really got any kind of um like reward for collecting those except for getting a better grade and you know it just feels like if you're gonna do something like that reward as you play you know like you know if i get an a on this level and then the next level and maybe even the third level then give me something don't just go okay just keep going until finally you get to the end of the game and maybe we'll give you something you know then it feels like kind of pointless until you get to the end and you know it just it feels like um it just doesn't feel beneficial you know so yeah i don't know just saying if you're wanting to get people to collect these coins and things like that make it so you're actually rewarding them for it rather than just you know going through the motions putting it in there just to do it uh the platforming can be janky the controls in fact are janky i uh, do like the uh like in traditional pitfall style you do have the ability to swing on on vines and that actually works pretty well you know you just get jump on the vine it swings you back and forth you don't have to worry too much about like aiming and things like that if you need to turn a certain a different way to make so the vine is going a different direction like say it's uh first going horizontally then you turn to the left and then it'll turn vertically so you'll be going you know forward and backward instead of left and right and that's pretty cool i like how they did that it's just simple stuff you know it really works well but then there's the jumping stuff like but otherwise the platform is kind of janky because you have these bad controls you know they're not very good you know uh you push forward and you're going up left uh, up and down up and down while you're running forward so you're kind of going all over the place a little bit it doesn't just have straight you know say you're going right it's also pushing up and down simultaneously it seems like you know maybe that's just a, a matter of my own controller but it seemed like it was an actual issue with the game itself you know uh but also you know there's no analog which does kind of suck i'll admit i would like it if you had this game in analog so other than the levels looking kind of muddied um, the graphics look really well done. Um, the character's not, uh, pretty cool. He even looks a little bit like a sort of adventuresque styled um, uh, Ash from Evil Dead. Uh, and in all in all, the, the game looks pretty well done for PS1 era. You know, it's not like amazing, but it is, you know, right down the middle. I'd say it's an average type looking game. It's not below average, which is always a good when it comes to, uh, you know, always a plus when it comes to PlayStation 1 games, I'll admit. Because most, uh, they're usually below average, some average, and very few are above average uh, from what I've played, you know. And, yeah, so I'd say it serves its purpose. It does well with that. Um, the story itself is actually kind of interesting. It's supposed to be that he's the son of the pitfall guy from before that. Um, the original one just being basically a green shirt, blue jeans. This in, in this, he's actually much more adventure and stylish looking. I like that to it. Um, but the story is that basically he's just going through the jungle like he usually does. He's supposed to be the son of the, uh, one of the pitfall guys. And he finds this crystal that opens up a portal and he gets sucked in. It's like, well, it could have just stayed in our realm. But hey, you know, why not make it so even though it's all stuff that has to do with, you know, Earth and things like that, let's make it so it seems like another planet or another realm or something like that. So I don't know why they did that. It didn't seem necessary. But I still, you know, I still like it. It's still appreciated. 
And uh, I, I love the fact that, you know, uh, Bruce Campbell's doing the voice for it. So he, I'm paraphrasing here, but I think it's like uh, the crystals are like rock candy. Uh, the blue taste, uh, the blue kind are good for you, while the red's no cherry. Uh, <laughs> and it's a cheesy line, but it's done by him, makes it so the cheesiness is is well done you know it's like it's a good kind of cheese you know so yeah it, it actually sounds good at the same time of you go cringing at the the scripting of it you know so it's really great i gotta say uh so i'd say you know check out pitfall 3d it's definitely a cool game and i fell in love with it you know now we're moving on to the mascots of this genre uh of this era and all that uh frogger and pac-man starting with frogger i mean they made a great game that was way too difficult. <laughs> There's Frogger Strikes Back, which is the first game. And then the second game, I think it's just called Frogger 2. So, yeah, and that one's actually not that difficult. In fact, I kind of loved it. Um, but I actually love the first one more as long as you have some caveats. But first, let's get into the graphics. The graphics are not bad at all. I would say they do a decent job. I mean, you're not you know, going to be seeing, uh, you know, some amazing looking world and all that stuff, but it does look well enough for what it is. You know, you got obviously cars and, and roads and all that stuff, but then you also have like a giant garden with, you know, um, killer lawnmowers on there and, uh, and, uh, different birds and, and other animals and things like that. You have a dark forest, you have caves with spiders, you have all kinds of different things. And the graphics actually do a great job to not only telegraph what it is that you're looking at, but also looks really, uh, interesting. It looks lived in. It looks like something that I would like to see basically. <laughs> the music is kind of just, eh, you know, it, it's there, you know? It can get a bit tiring, but that's about it. all. That's all I can say about that, really. Um, I love the sound effects, though. There's a lot of, you know, uh, slurping for the tongue. There's the boing of jumping and things like that. And, of course, other such noises like, uh, you know, mechanical noises and pounding noises, um, things like that. So it's really interesting for the sound, believe it or not. It's, it's more of a satisfying type of way of doing that. Now the gameplay is where it starts to really dip, not dip necessarily. It's just freaking hard. It spikes really, not dips. Why did I even say that? It spikes like crazy. It is insanely hard. And you know, the first few levels are, uh, well, I guess the first world I'll say is basically Frogger. And it's really great. It's actually really fun to play that. I played that over and over um, back in the day on the PlayStation 1. Um, when I was a kid and all that, my brother, my older brother was actually really good at it and kept playing past that. I don't know how he was able to do it, but he was, um, I was only able to play the Frogger stuff. And then I tried playing the Lily Pond and stuff like that. That's where it gets super dang difficult. You have, not only do you have a timer for the entire level, you also have, uh, tons of obstacles and things like that really hard platforming to go through while also trying to get every single one of these dang frogs. So you have certain amount of lives, you have a timer going on the entire time. If you don't get all those frogs and I mean, like you have to get one and then restart from the beginning, then get the next one and then restart from the beginning. And then if you don't do all those in time, 
then you lose. You have to start the whole dang level over from frog one. And it's not that simple, not that easy, you know? And you have all these bugs to collect. They're not necessary to collect. It's more for scoring. It's the dang frogs that are, especially these uh, hidden golden frogs. You don't have to get those either, but if you want 100%, you gotta get those as well. And it just ramps up from there, from the lily pond, which is already difficult as it is. They go from there to, um, is it the forest? The point is, I think it's the industrial place, which is also a pain in the butt. It's very dark and dreary. Everything, almost everything is green. And you have exploding barrels that you have to jump across. You have tons of acid and stuff. And also, in the lily pond, you can't go in the water. You're a frog. I would understand if it was, like, the toxic water of the industrial uh, place. But the lily pond is literally a lily pond where, where frogs are supposed to be able to swim in. I can understand if you, you know, okay, they don't want you in the water, so maybe you drop in the water, maybe you have a second or two to jump back out. You know, that that's something that makes sense to me. Just saying. All right, anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, this was a very frustrating game for me, man. Um, but yeah, then there's like uh, this forest level where you have to keep climbing up higher and higher and higher. But if you fall, you're all the way back down at the bottom. So then you got to climb back up again and you still have to fight those same dang obstacles because you can't kill anything in this game. Um, so yeah, it's a very uphill battle with most of the levels, in fact. Um, then there's another level where there's this oil that pushes you all around a place and you have to try to push against it. It is freaking difficult. It's a very fun type of challenge if they didn't add these other problems of the timer going down, of having, you know, only so many lives. And then when you die, you have to start the whole dang thing over. Not to mention, if you do get a frog, finally, you have to start back at the beginning. So it's just a very frustrating type of, of uh, mechanics they added to the gameplay that's already there. The, the gameplay that there... It's actually pretty great. It's very hard, very challenging, but in a good way. I love that part of it. So I would say the caveats would be to actually, you know, do infinite lives. And I know you're going to be like, oh, well, then then the game's just going to be a breeze. I'll just fly right through it. It's like, no, actually, you won't. Believe it or not, it is not that simple. You will not fly through it at all. But it has the same sort of movement of the retro games it still feels like the same sort of challenge, just expanded. So you have this like sandbox sort of levels. Um, and yeah, there, there's some really devious stuff with it. Um, uh, turn off the timer. That would be another one. Do some game chart codes to make it so you can turn off the dang timer and you could have infinite lives. And if you wanted, I would say, like for me, I'll admit I did this in between each uh, frog, I would save state. Not, not any other time, unless it's like a super freaking difficult jump, because there are some jank, there's some real jankiness to this. I am not joking. There's these dang bugs in this desert level where they are not consistent at all. They just seem to be moving randomly. So then you could like think, okay, it's a pattern. So then you go in between the bugs. Nope, they suddenly kill you out of nowhere. You don't know why. That's just some jankiness to it. But yeah, the point is, uh, if you really need to with certain little things like that, I would say save state uh, just before doing it. Um, like a super hard jump, which there is multiple times. And that stupid bug thing, you will see what I'm talking about. But other than that, I'd say just save in between the frogs. 
um, because it's not so difficult that you're going to be pulling your hair out. Um, it is pretty darn freaking difficult and frustrating. You will get annoyed by this game, but it's a fun type of frustration, you know? It's one of those games where you're like, oh, gosh, it's freaking hard. I'm going to get past it, though. So you try again. Um, so, yeah, that's all I'd say for the caveats. I know it sounds like a lot. Like, okay, well, you're just taking the timer out completely and giving it infinite lives. But trust me, it is so difficult. It, it feels like the game should have been that way. And you might say, oh, well, if you're not playing it as intended, as the developer intended it. Sometimes the developer does not know better for their games. Most of the games back then from PlayStation 2 even and down. Well, actually, no, I'd say more PlayStation 1. PlayStation 1 and down. Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega, uh, you know, <laughs> Sega Saturn. Uh, all that stuff was padded by just making them super difficult. And that's it. That's how they would prolong the gameplay, by just making it so dang difficult that you'd take forever just to beat it, which kind of seems counterintuitive to, uh, you know, making money to me. I'm just saying, if you get someone to buy your game, you want them to finish it as quickly as possible so they'll buy another of your games. It doesn't, doesn't that make sense to me? I, it seems to. I know there's the whole rental thing. Back then, there was rentals. Go to Blockbuster. It was an actual place. That you went to Hollywood video and you'd rent things like movies, sometimes consoles and video games. So yeah, I guess they didn't want them to beat it that quickly, but at the same time, it's just make your game longer today. You won't beat it that quickly. Either way, that's just insane that they would pad the game with just difficulty. So yeah, it's sometimes they just don't know what they're talking about and it just made the game a lot less fun. Um, so yeah, those caveats do help to make the game a lot of fun. Secondly, is the second game, Frogger 2. This one is actually pretty darn easy. It's a total opposite of the first game. There is multiplayer in both of these games. The multiplayer in the first game is like, there's a race win, a race game, and a, I think, high score game. And it's just okay, not that good. Um, part 2 has a little more variety in its uh, games. They're also just okay. You know, if you have a great game that adds something to it for multiplayer, even if it's not that good, it's still, you know, appreciated, you know? So, yeah. Um, but other than that, the game itself is more, much more of a, a linear type of long level. And you have the choice of multiple characters, not just Frogger and his girlfriend, who looks like a freak of nature. <laughs> Look at the cinematics. I'm telling you, the cinematics for this are just weird and uncanny valley. It's like, it's supposed to be a cartoonish type, animal type thing, so it shouldn't be uncanny valley. That's usually reserved for like, human type stuff. But no, this is like, it's just freaky deaky weird looking. And, uh, but yeah, there's this crocodile who's jealous of your video game. Uh, it's getting kind of meta there. I don't know what happened there. Um, and he starts trying to make his own video game, but he, then he decides to kidnap all of you all your kids or something like that to make sure I don't know why really I don't know what the whole point of kidnapping the kids was to keep you busy so you can't make another video game while he makes his I don't know it's so weird with the story it's just there to keep driving you forward um, but this one was actually really a lot of fun and it feels like a reprieve from the first game I would say to play the first game first with those caveats play through it have a hard-ass time, but then finally get through it and beat it. You'll have a great time. 
be happy with it, feel accomplished. And then you'll play part two, which is so much easier. It just feels like a breath of fresh air because you're like, okay, that was super difficult. Now I'm just going to take a break playing part two, you know, because it's not that difficult. It is challenging. There is challenge to it. Don't get me wrong, especially in the later levels. Some uh, levels are more challenging than others, but you have some collecting to do like uh, these secret coins that are, oh, no, no. Is it secret? Yeah, secret coins, I believe. Um, as well as it looks like a nice little world type thing. You know, you can go into a house and find a collect and find a secret coin. You can um, go down a different path to find um, another frog, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it actually has some branching paths, but it's much more of a linear type of game, you know, and it feels good. I play a mechanic with it. It still feels like Frogger with you know, the up, down, left, right, very stilted type of movement. Yeah. But that's sort of what made Frogger Frogger, you know? And then of course you have, uh, the super jump, just like in the first game too. Uh, but there's not much else to it. There's not a whole lot of new stuff, but you do have different characters, which does add some replayability because those different characters have different mechanics to them. Um, so yeah, one of them's like super fast. Another one does like, uh, something else. I don't remember what, <laughs> <laughs> when I play these games, uh, you know, I just enjoy the time I have with them and then I forget what I even, you know, played. Uh, but the point is, yes, it's a great game. I'd say part two is still worth checking out. If if you're not, you know, into the graphics, the graphics are done well in the game, but the cinematics are just so weird looking. You might as well play it just to see that because they are just weird and creepy looking. Um, but the gameplay is really fun. The bugs, uh, the <laughs> the baby frogs are actually really cute. And uh, you have a good time just going through it, getting everything. It's a great game. I'd say it's not as good as Frogger 1 with those caveats, like I said. But it's still something, you know, to sort of run through. It's not a very long game. So, you know, you'd have a good time getting the challenge in and just have a good time playing it. Now, moving on to Pac-Man. I'm going to start with Pac-Man World, even though I believe that came out second. But I want to start with that because that is too way, way too drastically different. It is a great game. I do like it. You have the uh, RAM ability, the butt bump, uh, <laughs> um, which they don't really utilize that well, both the butt bump or the RAM. Um, butt bounce, I guess, is what it's called. Uh, but yeah, they do in the later games, so it's all good. But, you know, this is actually really cool, really fun. Um, it does stray pretty far off from the original game, obviously. You have um, the ghosts, which are invincible until you get a power pellet. Then you can eat them. But it's much more of a platformer. And it's a really great platformer. I actually enjoyed Pac-Man World a lot. But there is a different aspect to it. While playing through the dang game, I believe you can find some secret stuff where if you get 100% on each level, you unlock these maze, 3D maze levels. They are not very good, but they are still fun enough that I actually enjoyed them. I thought they were really great. Uh, having the 3D mazes of Pac-Man and stuff like that done with all the accoutrement of a level, you know, like you have a jungle level, you know, you have instead of just a maze and that's it, like the original Pac-Man, it's actually like has aesthetics and things like that, you know, um, then there's um, the ghosts and things like that, as well as there are some um, 
things added to it, like a different, like a whirlpool, you know, that makes it so you're stuck there for a couple seconds and then you can go, you know, um, you have spikes every once in a while that will, again, stun you. Most everything just stuns you. But yeah, there, there is some stuff added to it to change it up a little bit. Now, while that is, you know, all in good, I would say definitely get Pac-Man World just for the game of Pac-Man World. But also it does come with the bonus of those extra uh, maze games done in 3D. And I actually found them to be really fun, you know. But if you're really into those maze games, then Mrs. Pac-Man Maze Madness, that one will do it for you. That one has actually well done um, gameplay and feels like a definite progression of the original game and has, you know, not only... Uh, not only changed things up with different traps and obstacles and and the enemies even there's different enemies not just the ghosts um which all change their look by the way that's really fun about that um they, they like if it's snowy they'll be wearing mittens you know stuff like that um but they actually make it so that you know the first uh not the first maze but you'll have a maze where there's one layer where you're going through and then you go up an elevator to a second layer and you have to start doing that one. And then you go back down to try to escape the dang ghosts. And so, yeah, it's actually uh, got added a ton more to the gameplay that you already loved and knew, you know, of Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. This one actually ups it, ups the ante like tenfold, I swear. And it's actually well done on its gameplay. It doesn't feel janky at all. Um, Pac-Man World's mazes do somewhat feel janky, but this one, not at all. It actually did a great job and keeps keeps making it feel like it's adding something new with every level, whether it be an obstacle, enemy, or mechanic even. you know. So it doesn't stray too far, so you're not feeling like you're playing um, a completely different game just with the idea of uh, Pac-Man Maze. No, it actually feels like they did a great job of keeping the old and bringing it into the new. I wanted to add some uh, recommendations for Frogger and Pac-Man, actually. For Frogger, there's a game called Zapper for the PS2. It has the same sort of gameplay. Um, it's uh, just more of the same, but it's really good and well done. I actually really like Zapper. As for Pac-Man, there's something called Evac on mobile, as well as a, a Pac-Man Bounce, which I don't even think you can play anymore. Um, Pac-Man Bounce was like a puzzle game where you like place little arrows and things like that and then set uh, Pac-Man around and he'll bounce off those arrows and try to find his way to wherever he needs to be, getting all the items and things like that while he's doing it. It was pretty fun. It reminded me of like this old uh, uh, game on Newgrounds where you had to like uh, set up barricades and arrows to make this adventure or go through a castle. So it's kind of like that. I don't know if you'll be able to find it, but there you go. Um, Evac is actually much more in the vein of Pac-Man running around um, different mazes, picking up all the little dots, but also there's a lot of twists to it with the gameplay itself. And uh, there's a, a really good story even. There's like this interesting type of story to it, as well as there's one more, but I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Um, I believe it was like, I think it had the word pack in it, in fact, but it was a block. It was like a red block with two block, black eyes and a block for its mouth with some teeth in there. It made it look kind of like menacing, but that's the actual character that you play. It was very, uh, pixelated type of stuff. You know, everything else looked like blocks. The levels were made very sharp blocky type of stuff. Um, and very pixelated. 
but I'm pretty sure you can't even play that anymore. So why am I suggesting it? Because it was a freaking awesome game. If I could just remember the dang thing. And uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you almost did like little mini games and they got really difficult as you went on. I eventually, I think I quit the game eventually because there was two levels I could not freaking get. So just a couple suggestions for that. Next up we have Pong, the next level. It's uh, basically very much the same as regular old Pong, but done in such a different way that it definitely gets the reboot status. And it's very cool, actually. A really good, fun time. Uh, the only thing is, it's better with multiplayer. You know, this one's much more of a multiplayer-type game. I mean, you have levels of, you know, trying to defeat the enemy, the CPU, or whatever. Um, and that's how you unlock everything in the first place. So you're going to want to play that. But it is uh, basically your uh, paddle. Not even like, you know, how most games, they change the paddle into like a ship or something like that. No, it's just a paddle. And, um, yeah, you're trying to do play Pong. The only thing is they have all these different things that they started adding into it. It's three-dimensional for one, so everything looks really cool. You have, like, uh, the first level being an iceberg, you know, and it's at an angle. So you can see everything that's going on around you as well as the uh, paddle play field. And then you have these uh, penguins going back and forth. And every time you hit a penguin, the ball bounces back to you. But not only that, it makes it so the penguin throws out another ball. So it's like a snowball, you know? Uh, so now you have tons of different balls being thrown everywhere. Um, so now you have to keep trying to get those, keep them out of your goal. Um, but also, you know, kind of like uh, air hockey. Um, but also you have uh, another, like, power-up that makes it so this, uh, it's like a whirlwind, I guess, a twister type of thing. And that starts moving around the board. If you actually hit it, you get a walrus that sort of blocks all the hits that are coming your way, as well as um, it makes it so every ball changes to red or blue. You're red, so if you get into their goal, it's two points instead of one. And same thing with the blue in your goal. You'll lose, well, they'll gain two points, I should say. And yeah, so it's it's a pretty uh, tough game, though, and as well as there are other games to it. It's definitely different. That's why I say it's a reboot. Like, you have to use the ball whatever color it is you have to get into this clown mouth that's the same color as the ball so you'll have a yellow ball and you have to tilt the whole um the whole play field in order to get it to fall into the yellow uh clown's mouth and that's one point you know so you have all these different mini games for it as well as it's all three-dimensional it's all actually really cool it is the next level of pong you know you think well pong it's just pong but no actually this makes it a lot funner as well as really challenging i'll say that it's pretty darn difficult but it's a lot of fun anyways and if you get everything unlocked then you have you know uh the multiplayer aspect of it which is really fun to do you know with the different levels and the different types of gameplay they have then you'll have levels where there's two pong paddles of you and them and you're trying to get past both of them as well as getting the goal and even in uh the complete darkness which is kind of a pain as well as uh, another one where um those twisters come in again and they all seem to do something different for each level like the iceberg is a walrus and then the twister in another level will be where it tilts the uh, uh the the play field toward you if they hit it and toward them if you hit it so that way you know the ball will be you know, gravity will be pulling it towards whatever side is tilted downward. Um, so, yeah, it can get 
pretty difficult and very tricky, but it's so much fun. They did a great job with this. The only issue I'd say is that they do not have an ability to change the sensitivity. So you may be wanting to move just a tiny bit, and sometimes it will. Other times you'll shoot all the way to the other side of the dang uh, goal. So then, you know, you end up missing the ball. And uh, that's actually the same problem with the next game, which I'll get into in a sec. Uh, but this one has a story. Uh, I, I'm not really sure about it, but it's a strange story of just being Pong, a Pong paddle. Um, so apparently you guys are alive. Oh, but that's something fun about it, too, uh, is that uh, when you get a goal, sometimes you'll have the enemy do some kind of animation like he's pissed off at you for winning. You'll have other things going on with the different animals and, and uh, obstacles and things like that, the living ones. So, yeah, it's really cool, actually. They did a great job with Pong the next level. If you're looking for something competitive and just basically air hockey, but done in all kinds of different ways with some mini games in there, too. Um, I'd say definitely check out Pong the next level. The next game is Breakout, which is another paddle game. Um, but this one's done in a different way where instead of it being a top view and you're on one side, it's a first person type view where your paddle is at the bottom of the screen and you're trying to hit the paddle into different stuff, you know, like Breakout, you know, it's obvious. But this one can also get pretty difficult because you have different moves and things like that. You know, there's, uh, you know, you're paddle has this uh curve to it so you want to hit the ball on different parts of the of the curved paddle to make it so it goes different angles but you also have this slicing or cutting the uh ball or something like that it's this move you're supposed to do when you push the square button i don't know if you have to hold it or push it it just makes this noise and shows this little graphic and then your paddle's basically straight instead of curved and then you have to use your momentum so when the ball comes at the paddle and you hit it you want to move to the left so that way it'll swing off to the right and that's what they call slicing which is strange i don't i don't totally get it but okay cool uh it was it took a while for me to get past this dang training level i mean there's a training level for each thing you can do and it's almost like the dang garage inside of driver that training level you have to get past this stupid dang thing uh and it's a pain in the butt as well as you have this stupid dang ball that's telling you he's supposed to be a character he's the ball the sentient ball with a face on it it's like a happy face um the only thing is he makes these annoying noises every time you lose and even when you win he's annoying he just annoys the heck out of you but other than that once you get past that you have basically like an adventure game it's the same 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 idea as pong but an adventure game you're instead of fighting another cpu opponent you're just trying to knock everything down and knock everything out you have actual like bosses and enemies and things like that as well on in the level and you want to knock them down or hit switches and all this other stuff you want to break through a, a gate and even stranger is you will have like mini game levels as well like running from a wolf that you have to collect balls for and there'll be signs posted to tell you where the ball is going to go and you're running forward like uh like one of those crash bandicoot levels where you're running from a polar bear or things like that it's basically that except for you trying to find the balls by the road signs collect them and then shoot them back at the wolf and it's pretty cool i like the idea that they change up the gameplay itself it's all three-dimensional as well, so it looks really cool. And there's all kinds of different levels as well. And, like, you know, there's pyramids, there's graveyards, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's a lot of fun, I'll admit. But once again, it has that problem with the sensitivity. 
you can't change the dang sensitivity, so you're going to be having a hard time with that. I would say with both of these games, use a dang save state just because it, it's going to drive you nuts till you finally get through each level, you know, uh, just because of that sensitivity. Maybe you can change it in the emulator, but in the game, there are no options to change the sensitivity of the dang paddle. Um, so good luck with that part. But other than that, I'd still say it's worth checking out because it was a lot of fun playing Breakout the next level, as well as Pong the next... Oh, wait, no, it's just Breakout 3D, I think, and Pong the next level. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had with both of these games. And uh, the strangest thing is the story. Again, you don't play a ship, you play a paddle, or they call it a bat instead of this. And you are... <laughs> You're hanging on the beach with all the other bats and your girlfriend bat. And then, of course, uh, an evil bat shows up and takes your girlfriend away. And then you have to go get her. And he puts you in prison, you know, so you have to break out of prison, which is the training level. So, yeah, it's a very strange type of story. And I appreciate having a story there anyways, you know. But, yeah, it was a very strange one and still pretty fun, though. I did like the idea of having a story. It's just something to drive you forward. And the levels are really varied and interesting and just get more and more difficult. It's really fun, really cool type of adventure game. You even have, like, a world map and all that. It's just that dang sensitivity. It kills it, you know? Um, so hopefully you can find some way to change the sensitivity. If not, then it's still worth checking out. If It's something you can get used to, um, but you're still going to have some frustrating times where you miss the ball just because it, it decided to fling all the way to the other side of the screen, you know? Now we'll get into some of these space shooter type games. Um, not a shoot 'em up don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, we have Asteroids. This one is... Uh... It's okay. I'll say that. It's definitely much more of a remake than it is a reboot because it's basically the same gameplay, but done with um, a much better graphics. I'll say that. Um, but it's still the same type of gameplay. And if you know Asteroids from old, it's, it's kind of a pain because you cannot move for crap. It is very hard to move around. You move and then you keep floating through space. And it doesn't matter how you try to do it where, oh, well, you just use your your thrusters to uh, stop from moving, floating that way. It's like, but then you start floating the other way, no matter what. You just basically are going to stay in the same spot and try not to move. But the only thing is, if something's coming towards you, you're going to need to dang move. Uh, <laughs> but it is a really fun game. The only thing is, this also is super dang hard. This is freaking insanely hard. Why did they make this so hard? It is asteroids, but you have to do 15 levels straight before you can do any kind of saves. So I'd say use save states. Definitely use save states. I mean, I wouldn't say really any cheats or anything. It wasn't that bad, um, but it can get kind of all over the place because you have so many things flying at you constantly. You have the asteroids, which is obvious, um, but then you also have level like environmental type stuff that'll kill you as well as you have start having enemies. Some of them are enemies that will push you just to make it. So you start floating <laughs> and then there's uh, enemies who will shoot at you. Other enemies who will like kamikaze into you. And then of course there's enemies who have, uh, who shoot at you, but they have uh, homing missile type things, you know, and things like that. And it turns out with the story, it's kind of funny because at first you're being sent on these missions to do these, you know, like, 
uh, destroy these asteroids that are appearing out of nowhere. It's strange, you know? And uh, then there's this great game over screen um, that uh, uh, when you die, it shows your pieces of your ship floating through space. And then it shows your chair without you in it. And it's like, obviously, the vacuum of space, you're going to be dead. So I like that little added thing to the game, uh, the game over screen. Then it turns out eventually that aliens are trying to invade and they've been sending these dang asteroids. <laughs> and that's their big defense is these asteroids. Um, but actually, that is something that's cool about it. I will say the levels, um, they actually change them up. First, it's just the usual type of space thing. But then eventually you get to a level where um, there's a black hole in the middle that slowly is sucking you into it. And you got to try to use your thrusters, which is a pain in the butt to use, um, to get back out of it. Then of course you have, what is it? Uh, the solar flare level, which is like, there's a sun that keeps shooting out these solar flares that explode. When they explode, their radius of explosion can attack you and kill you, you know? But of course, at the same time, while you're doing these environmental uh, levels, you're also having to take on all the asteroids, take on, uh, try to dodge these indestructible asteroids as well that eventually get introduced, um, and you know, take out enemies that show up while also trying to get these uh, power-ups. There's actually uh, different kinds of power-ups in this that I really do like. The only thing is they don't specify very well on what they are. They have different colors for them. But they also have these like shapes that emanate like triangle or circle or something like that. So you might find a purple one and go, oh, yes, it's the Armageddon power up. That'll just destroy everybody. You go and get it. It turns out it's just this other power up that uh, turns your thrusters into a sword. And it's like, gosh, dang it, you know, or the red power up. The whole time I was thinking it was mines. And it turns out because it's emanating um, these circle shapes from it or something like that, like squiggly lines or something. Um, that doesn't mean it's a mine. That means it's something else entirely. That's actually a good weapon, you know, uh, when the mine, they kind of suck. <laughs> um, so yeah, the power-ups are something that does change it up, but it still feels like the same game. Um, so that's why I call it a remake. That's why it's on this list. If it wasn't good enough, I wouldn't put it on this list. Uh, it does change it up enough to make it a remake. I'll say that. It's not just the same game with better graphics. Now, the later levels do get freaking hard because then you have like one where there's a, a worm that comes out of a wormhole and keeps just running all over the place. And you have to freaking try to stay out of its way. It's a pain in the butt. Um, I kind of hated that one, actually. And then there's Earth, which is actually really clever and very cool how they did this. But at the same time, it is so freaking difficult. Earth is at the bottom of the screen and all the enemies and asteroids are flying down from the top of the screen now. And you're right at the bottom with Earth and you have to shoot all of them before they get to Earth. There's missiles that come to Earth. There's the alien bad guys that are coming at Earth, um, as well as they're shooting uh, these homing missile laser beam things that squiggle all the way to you and kill you. Uh, which is really friggin' frustrating. Um, and then, of course, the asteroids you have to destroy. So it's it's a big pain in the butt, but it's actually pretty cool how they came up with that last level. The only thing is, it is 15 levels still. It is such a pain in the ass. I mean, my gosh, it, it, it's going to wear on you. In fact, all the dang things are going to wear on you because it's 15 dang levels of each world. You know, and it's really cool. It's innovative. I love what they did with it. I wouldn't say it deserves a dishonorable mention. It's just I would say to save in between each level because that's how dang 
difficult it gets because starting out from level one, not too bad, up to level five even. But then level six through 15, it just keeps progressively getting uh, super freaking hard. Even if you get the power-ups, even if you start trying to get used to the dang controls, which do take some hardcore getting used to. My gosh, I can't stand those stupid thrusters. But yeah, um, but it's still fun enough that I suggest it anyways because it is actually a pretty darn good game of Asteroids. It's Asteroids, but better, you know? Not a progression of it, but still a better version of it. I'll say that. Um, so now moving on to uh, Tempest X3 is what they call it. Tempest X cubed, I think it's called. This one, eh, it's just okay. It's basically Tempest, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I like Tempest, um, but it's just the same game, but with different shapes. And yeah, it's basically a remake. Uh, it... It has some 3D graphics to it. It looks pretty cool. Um, you have a lot of frantic gameplay. It's it's always been a good game on its own. Um, and this doesn't do much different. Uh, it does feel like just a remake. Um, but there's not much else to say about it. I mean, truthfully, it's not that amazing. It's not bad, but it's not all that innovative, you know? I'd say definitely stick with the D-pad though because I was trying to use these analog sticks that I have. So it makes it so it's way too like sensitive, sort of like the same problem with Pong. It's sort of vector, sort of 3D. You know, they have a little bit of both in there. And uh, it's it looks good. It's just, you know, gameplay's the same. It's basically Tempest. So there you go. Now a couple that I'd suggest as a uh, I guess a spiritual successor or what the reboot of Tempest should have been instead of this remake of Tempest X cubed or whatever you call it X3 I don't know um but yeah it's a uh, internal section which is a very trippy type of game it's already on the PS1 it is um a very trippy visuals type thing with like all these different kinds of crazy looking locales there's no real sense to it but it's still coherent in the way of what they're trying to get across. Like you do see what you're looking at. You know what you're looking at. You know what stuff to shoot. You know what stuff to move past and obstacles and things like that. But it just looks all out there. I mean, it's odd odd because it's called Internal Section. But then there's another game called Nitrous Oxide, which you think would be the name of Internal Section. And Internal Section would be called nitrous oxide but apparently they're the opposite because nitrous oxide is not trippy it's more of a futuristic look of more of an adventure type tube shooter you know you're it almost feels almost like a racing game at times then it's like uh you know obviously the shoot running around shooting while flying through this uh these different locales of this futuristic type of world sometimes it's mountainous sometimes it's like you know, uh, racetrack looking places like from F-Zero or something. Other times it's, you know, like, uh, you know, futuristic neon looking cities. But that's what's strange. I just don't understand why why one was called nitrous oxide when it has nothing to do with all the trippy visuals. While internal section is total trippy visuals, but it doesn't really have any point to the name of it. You know, so it just seems like they could have swapped names. But anyways, uh, they're both very well done for somebody who likes Tempest. I would say those ones are the ones to check out. You might check out Tempest first, Tempest X3, I mean, um, and then check these out because they are just like way crazier and better, in fact, in my opinion, um, of a tube shooter type video game. All right, now we're going to talk about a series that's been around for quite a while called 
Rampage. There is three games in the series on the PS1, and there is, uh, what is it, World Tour, Universal Tour, and Through Time. They're all basically the same game. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to it. I'd say if you want to get the most out of it, go for Through Time. Um, but if you're looking for more of the classic type thing, then World Tour. And then Universal Tour is sort of just the same thing, but with different monsters. And yeah, they add a little story to it. It's kind of comical and fun, but it's not like really interesting or important to the game. It's more just something to keep you going. And yeah, it's it's still decent. You know, if you were a fan of the old school, I would play the old school, really. But <laughs> if you're looking for a graphical update, and that's basically what these are, just graphical updates, um, then I'd say go for these because they're actually pretty fun. I mean, I would say the third one's probably the best just because it has a wide variety of like different other types of levels. So you're going through time. So you have like Neo Tokyo, you have medieval times, things like that. Um, otherwise, it's just going around the world, you know, and I believe Universal Tour has a little bit of space stuff, but mostly you're going through just the world. So it's like not really it feels like the same game almost. It's something more for multiplayer, you know, it's it's something fun to play with other friends, but by yourself, it gets kind of monotonous, very just stale after a little while because it's just a lot of the same stuff. You go up buildings and destroy them, you try to survive, you kill all the enemies, you know, it's a fun game with its like, you know, you eat people and things like that. If you die, you shrink and turn into a little person that's naked trying to walk away, hiding their body. And it's hilarious, but like, it's not like some thing that's gonna you know last very long you know because eventually that charm is gonna wear off see which one you think is the best and then go for that and just play that like uh, i think there's a bat in the first one which will show up and start destroying stuff for you um but other than that there's not much to it i mean it's basically the same game every single dang time i didn't even play through the whole game because it was like okay the first one is basically the second one the second one's basically the third one it's just now you have a lot more characters with the third one. You have all three characters from the first game and the third game in Through Time. And uh, you have all three of the characters from the second game as well. So, And plus you have, I think, two extra characters. So you have George, Lizzie, and Ralph. The Kong, the Godzilla, and the uh, werewolf, actually. I love Ralph. He's one of my faves. Then you have this giant rat guy who I didn't really care for. I thought it was kind of annoying. Um, then there's... Uh, a rhino guy who's pretty cool. I think his name Brutus. And then there's uh, Ruby, which is a crab-looking gal. She's she's kind of cool. I liked her. Um, and then you have this alien-looking guy called Mucus. And then I think one more, but I don't remember what the heck he was or what his name was. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few, a few characters, even if they're all basically the same characters. Um, you do get some extra thing, like I said, that bat creature. Um, you do have also a lot of uh, different enemies and things like that going on. And the third game is where you actually have like, you know, there's mechs inside of Neo Tokyo, um, you know, but mostly it's, you know, from the first two games, it's just, you know, military, you know, maybe some uh, UFOs here and there, but that's about it. You know, there's not a whole lot to the first two games. So I would say go for the third. It's not amazing. If you like Rampage, it's something to check out. I thought it was a fun time, but it's definitely more fun with friends and will get stale after a little while. Up next is Centipede. I was not a big fan of Centipede back in the day. I did like it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, you just, you know, shoot up, moving around, trying not to get killed. You can actually move through the level, I believe. Um, while the Centipede comes down at you and yeah, try to take out all the mushrooms to take him out too. 
um, as well as you have, you know, all these different other enemies. But this is a very cool and new version of Centipede. It does a great job creating um, something that's not exactly the same, but still has the same core mechanics. You are now a uh, top-down view. You have your ship, and you can fly all around this little area. I mean, like, you have a world is basically what it is now. You can jump in their ship. You can, you know, it's three-dimensional, and <laughs> you have uh, different power-ups and things like that. And I can I say the soundtrack for uh, Centipede is actually really awesome. It, it is a well-done soundtrack. It is like like this action type of synth type of rock music. I don't know how to explain it, but it's well done. I'd say I liked it. You know, I don't usually mention the music all that much. Um, you know, I go into it, but it's usually just, you know, a sort of thing I, I kind of gloss over. With this one, I actually did like the music for it. I thought they did a well job in it, even if it doesn't fit the game at all. Because, like, you're, you're a geeky little guy inside of a tiny little spaceship in a cartoon-looking world, and you have this rock sort of electro kind of music going on in the background. Like that and stuff. It's, it's strange, but it, it works. I don't know. It doesn't work together, but it's still cool to listen to while you're trying to take out all these dang spiders, scorpions and centipedes you know um as well as the game gets pretty darn difficult especially if you're trying to go for 100 percent. if you were gonna play this i'd say actually try to you know save states uh not only in between the levels but you also have these little transitions before you go from one spot to the next where um you'll take down some centi a centipede take down the you know mushrooms and then you have this sort of breather time that you can actually sa save state right there and then move on to the next area. You you make the choice of moving around and go, moving on. And then the next attack will start. So that's kind of cool. And that's the time to save. Because if you want to get 100% for this game, it, it's pretty darn hard. Because you got tiny little people that are they're called wee people. And they meant it when they said that. They are very tiny and hard to see. And they will die not only from bad guys, but from friendly fire. So it's like... Very frustrating. And then they make these uh, these mushrooms that if you run into, you'll die. So you have to shoot those, in fact, too. Um, but, yeah, then you have the freaking uh, all kinds of different monsters. That's, you know, there's the original monsters of, you know, the centipede, obviously, which is always cool. Really fun to take out. I love doing that. Um, but they also have the scorpion, which kind of moves all over the place, but is always sideways. Um, the spider, which kind of jumps around different places you have these frog the fleas that's what they are they keep putting dang uh uh mushrooms down which are pains in the butt i mean i hate those guys they don't they're not like hard to dodge or anything like that they're just annoying as heck then you have though new enemies that they start bringing in like these one driller guys i have no idea how to freaking kill them i'll kill them somehow but i'm like wondering okay how did i do that because i'm shooting these ones they don't do nothing i shoot these ones they die I turn, I shoot them from the front, nothing happens. I shoot them from the side, they die. Oh, wait, no, they don't die from shooting them from the side. Sometimes if I shoot them in the front, they die too. Gosh dang it, you know, it's, there's no consistency with those enemies. Then you have these flying enemies that you're supposed to use certain, uh, certain weapons and things like that for, except they don't really direct you into that direction where these dang weapons are. They, they replenish, so even if you run out, uh, you'll be able to get more. But it's just kind of frustrating. Because you have the flying enemies that you can't touch no matter what. 
and you're wondering, okay, how am I supposed to kill these guys? You guys said to get these. I can't find these, you know? So it, it gets a little frustrating. It is kind of difficult, but it's a lot of fun. I kind of fell in love with this one as well. I kind of just fell in love with Centipede. I, I now love Centipede. I didn't know how good it was. I mean, I, they have the arcade version of the original game, and I started playing that some too. I was like, hey, this is, this is actually pretty fun, more fun than I remembered, because uh, I guess you know I was pretty young when I first played it, and uh, I, I sucked really bad. But now playing it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. I can see the appeal. So, yeah, I'd say just check it out because it's, it's not only – it's not only true true to the original game, but it actually makes it feel like it's, uh, you know, a progression of. So there you go. Next up is Qbert. It actually has this uh, feel of both reboot and remake because the core mechanics of it are just exactly the same. It's just jumping around on tiles. Nothing's really changed at all but you have you know not only this 3d look to it so it is still somewhat 3d uh remake type thing you know like a, a remaster but you do have some wrenches thrown in like uh these different puzzle elements that make it feel like a reboot as well as the levels themselves aren't just you know pyramids and things like that it becomes you know actually climbing a mountain or um going through an industrial area and you actually have to like uh, with the industrial area, for example, you actually have to um, hit a tile, then hit a switch, then hit the tile again to turn the tiles to make a new path. It's really interesting and kind of strange. You also have this mechanic of the scoring system, which doesn't work that great because you have teleporters and things like that. But if you use those teleporters, you gain less of a score. Um, if you want to get the maximum score, you have to, you know, use no teleporters. You have to these false tiles multiple times before it falls. Usually it's about three times I think you can do, um, uh, depending on what's going on around you. Added to that, though, then you have the enemies, which are like a ball that flies down, uh, tries to kill you. Um, this guy that actually unchanges the tiles you've already changed. Uh, and also these freaking snakes that drive me crazy i hate the snakes but Qbert is fun he's he's kind of cutesy lovable but he also cusses his brains out like crazy uh which is uh, rather funny there's no cussing actually involved it's just you know like uh you see in like a cartoon if they're cussing you see like uh you know ampersand uh pound uh the a with a circle around it you know at type of thing so yeah it's uh just a lot of different things like that it's really funny and fun as well as it has this starts out with this like wholesome type of look like pac-man does the only thing is it starts slowly turning into this other thing entirely where like it's almost trippy in fact because this portal opens up sucks the whole town including you know like this girl you're in love with and all that this girl cubert basically um and then, of course, you have to go in after them and save them. And you have these different characters through each level, um, all these different mechanics through the different levels. But it still feels very much the same game. Uh, so even with its trippy visuals and trippy story, which, I mean, the first world itself, you'll see, it's got this weird kind of creepy music in the background. And that's just for the menu of the first world. <laughs> and, like... Uh, then, of course, you have all the trippy backgrounds and all that. Um, but it does have some good stuff going for it, even if it is very 
very much feels like a remake, but with all this new stuff, it should be like it should qualify as a reboot. It's just playing the game myself. It felt like I was just playing Cubert. You know, doesn't matter if there was new stuff involved. It didn't matter if there was little new mechanics and things like that. New characters, a crazy story, uh, all the great visuals and all that stuff. It it still felt just like regular old Cuber, and it gets kind of tiring. There's a lot of levels. I love the fact that it has all these levels, but just like with Load Runner, you know, you got to have some games in between to break it up. Because if you're trying to play just Cubert, you're gonna get bored pretty quick. Um, because it, it has some cool stuff to it, like even like some secret levels and things like that. And uh, you have to get higher up in your difficulty and score and levels in order to access other levels from previous worlds and things like that. And it's a really cool idea. It's just it's a lot of the same stuff. Even if you're climbing up this mountain or going through a castle, it's still the same stuff of just jump around, try to dodge stuff. Try not to get killed by the enemies and change the tiles. That's it. The same basic idea of Cubert is there, and that's the main mechanic. And even with all the frills and, and bells and whistles that they add to it to make it feel like it actually is a new type of game, it still feels like the old type of game. So I don't know how to explain that. You'd have to try it for yourself. But yeah, and it's pretty cool, though. I still enjoyed it. I liked what they did with it. You have bosses sometimes. You have all kinds of uh, different... You actually have some new mechanics that do work great, and I actually really like it. It's just there's not much else to it. You know, it still feels like the same game. So just saying, if you're a fan of Cubert, check this out. I think you'd really like it. But you definitely should have some other games uh, in between. So that way you don't just get tired out. You know, you're going to get worn out with this game because it's all the same. <laughs> Even if it still feels different somewhat, it still feels the same. And it's really frustrating in that respect. The final game is <laughs> oh, definitely a reboot, um, but one that's, that's infamous for being how bad it was, which is E.T., Yes, they did another E.T. game for the PlayStation 1, and I I consider it to be a kind of reboot of it. It could be just, you know, it's a whole different game, but I feel like it's um, trying to make up for what it did in the back of the day. This doesn't quite make up for that, actually. No, it's... <laughs> It doesn't make up for what happened, but it does redeem itself. I'll say that. This actually feels like a pretty darn fun and kind of what they were going for even um, game of E.T. You're, I mean, like, it's way past the popularity of E.T., so there's no real reason to check it out. I mean, it's it's not, you're not checking it out because it's E.T., unless you're a big fan of E.T. Um, but... It still is really fun game. It's not like this amazing game. It's a top-down sort of isometric view. Um, you're just going around healing these plants and grabbing them. You have mushrooms to grab, which are act basically as health. Um, and then you have enemies running around that you can actually shoot with this ray thing, as well as you have uh, teleconnect powers to move things around, whether it be um, a key sort of thing to open up a door or even actually moving enemies around um, some that are you know, uh, will hurt you, some that won't, um, just to put them into certain spots that'll make it so to open the door, things like that. And there's a lot of different uh, levels to it. There's, uh, it's basically the same gameplay through the whole game, but the different levels uh, actually look really cool. 
you have uh, starting with the jungle, you eventually get into like uh, industrial type of areas, spaceships and things like that and uh, other planets. And it's a fun game. It's I just wish I could remember the dang name. It's like a intergalactic something or other. <laughs> uh, just check out PS1 uh, ET because it, it's actually really fun. It wasn't amazing. It's not the most greatest game you've ever played, but you'll have definitely a good time with it. I felt engaged through the whole game. Um, it wasn't just, you know, something where, okay, I've played it and now I'm getting tired of it. It is a lot of the same gameplay, but they do switch it up enough. And there's a lot of uh, different terrain and things like that to make it so you actually feel like, you know, you're not playing the same level over and over. I'll put it that way. Um, so, yeah, it's something really cool. It does redeem itself for the crap that was before, but it doesn't make up for that because it's not that good. It's just good enough. I'll say that. Graphic-wise, uh, you know, <laughs> E.T. looks great. Looks like E.T. Not only that, you have a run button that makes him wiggle his arms while he runs away. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I'd say just check it out for that one reason. It's so hilarious just to have him run around wiggling his arms like he's in a panic of some sort. Um, and, you know, it's it's actually pretty good looking, you know, like I said, with terrain and different levels. Um, the enemies are sort of strange looking. It's kind of hard to discern what they are in the first place. It could be because I'm playing on a small screen again, but at the same time... Um, even if I had a bigger screen, it just looks like some kind of version of different bugs, I guess you could say. Like there's a horn beetle. It looks like a horn beetle. And then there's another one that looks like a horn beetle, but it's gray. You know, it's like, okay, that's not a whole lot of difference. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot going for it, I'd say, still. Even if it's not much to it, it still redeems itself for that as well as it's still fun to play. I'd say it's something to check out. This is one of those check them out type games, and it definitely feels like a reboot, not a remake. On to honorable mentions is both 64 games, because actually um, there's not a whole lot of reboots done on the 64, at least not that I found. Um, maybe there are more, but this is what I found, and I thought these were pretty good. Um, first one being actually a reboot, which is actually really well done, of Load Runner. Load Runner again, yes, and it's really well done. It's 3D World. Um, in fact, I wanted to mention really quick about how uh, Load Runner for the PS1 actually has this really cool intro about the uh, creator of Load Runner, and it's a kind of heartfelt thing. It was really nice to you know hear. I thought it was a, a cool kind of thing from the developer who made the first game and showed s sort of showed his passion for what he felt about that first game, and was glad to see it still you know uh, progressing through this uh, to this day. It was a cool little message just to get added to the rest of the game, you know. But also, uh, you know, the 64 version, uh, Load Runner 64, I think it's called. It might be Load Runner 3D, but in any case, it's really well done. You have a hub world, you're moving your little guy around, and you have to, you know, shoot one way or the other to get the uh, digging done. Load Runner 64 is really well done. It actually has a futuristic feel because you're actually going to different planets. Um, all the enemies are the same, though. They're still, uh, well, not all the enemies. What am I saying? Uh, <laughs> first, it's cultists, and that's mostly the enemies. But every once in a while, you get some other enemies that are freaking weird looking. Uh, like, I remember one of them was this, like, it's made of flesh or something like that, and it has an eyeball, and it's just running around the place trying to get you. And um, But you have to start doing stuff. I think it drills through the ground, in fact, um, to drop down on you. Uh, I don't exactly remember what the enemy was like, but it is 
really freaky deeky looking and you do get other enemies involved but mostly it is the cultists the entire time and it's really cool i mean even then with the cultists they look pretty darn cool now um they look more like a cultist than a blob of red <laughs> or a person made of red you know it's 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 interesting looking um added to that the mechanics do feel changed because now you have a 3d world in it and figure out a lot of puzzles in a 3d space you know you're not just on one layer or going dropping down from one top layer to the second layer no you're actually having to figure out how to get back up to certain layers without any uh you know um without the ropes or the ladders and things like that that you used in the previous games. And it's much more involved and interesting. You know, you have to move blocks around, you have to hit switches, you have to figure out what you're gonna do in this 3D type space to figure out the puzzle. And the first world, pretty darn, you know, uh, interesting. I'll say that. It's not easy, it's definitely challenging, but it's something you can get used to. The only thing is, as you progress, it starts getting balls hard. I mean, very difficult. Uh, I would I would maybe have a uh, walkthrough handy just in case, because sometimes every once in a while, not often, but I would get stumped and be like, okay, is what am I supposed to do then? I've tried everything there is I can do. And other times it's a matter of just trying to get things done as quickly as possible you know, and doing it in a right sequence type of thing. So it's it's really interesting. Some of it is skill. Other times it's just figuring out what the puzzle is. And uh, it's really cool. Very good. Well done. It's just super dang challenging. I mean, to the point where, yeah, it is going to be kind of stumping you at multiple times, especially in the later levels. It gets really hard in the later levels. Um, but it's fun enough to keep you, keep you going. Um, I didn't really notice any story if there was a story. Um, I don't remember it. I'll say that, <laughs> but it's, uh, it was, you know, just, I think there was something there, you know, you are in a ship that's your hub world and you teleport to these different planets, but I don't know what the story was. If there was a story, I think I might've skipped past it or something. Cause I don't remember ever hearing anything or seeing anything for that. And, or maybe it just wasn't memorable enough to mention here. Um, but also Robotron 64, this is more like a 3d, look to a remake of the game because it's just the game is you know running around a game board shooting things and that's about it while everything shoots at you there's different waves every once in a while there's a boss you know there's nothing special to it it's an interesting kind of fun game for a while eventually you kind of get tired of it the graphics do make it look amazing though it's a lot better because of it it's uh better for it i'll say that and i would say yeah it's still something worth checking out, Robotron 64, um, but it's not much different from the original game. Now for dishonorable mentions is one game, actually. Usually I try to, you know, make it so there's more than one. Um, but yeah, no, this one is just one game. I would have put Tempest here, actually. Tempest X3. It's still a fun game, but, you know, it's just not as good. And just feels like a different version of the first game. But... I guess you could consider that a kind of dishonorable mention, but um, no, I'm, I'm talking about Quix Neo. I loved Quix. Growing up, Quix was a cool game of just, you know, you have a rectangular, you know, board, I'll say, and uh, you're on the outside of that rectangle. And inside are different things that move around in it that can, you know, kill you once they touch you, or if they touch the line you're using. So what you do is on the outside, you'll push a button to start moving upward and you'll be having a line behind you. It's almost like you're drawing on this game board, this rectangle. And then uh, 
when you move into it, you want to move back out of it. So you have to turn and then move back to the edges of the game board. Um, once you get there, if you are able to get to the end, if you're able to get to the edges uh, before anything touches your line or touches you, obviously, um, then you're able to cut off that se section of the board. So now the section is a lot, uh, now the board is a lot smaller, but you can also now move along that same section that you cut out. Um, and you want to do that multiple times to get a certain percentage. It's basically kind of like you're trapping whatever thing is moving around inside of the game board. The only thing is Quix Neo does a great job of the graphics and all that. They do some innovation. It feels kind of like in, in between a reboot and a remake um, because you have the levels themselves, sort of like how Asteroids has um, the levels themselves uh, as an obstacle. Well, that's sort of the same thing here. They do obstacles with the levels plus you have different enemies which are pretty cool you know it doesn't really feel like there's any kind of balance it feels like there's just a constant difficulty because if you move out of the rectangle to start cutting into the uh, rectangle itself you know every enemy on the game board will just beeline to you I mean it's fast as they can I mean not not the biggest enemy the biggest enemy goes around and does circles and bounces off the walls and things like that but this one, my gosh, uh, all the other little enemies, they just start beelining for you. So you have no time to try and do that unless you want to do cut out tiny little bits of the dang game board. And, and that takes forever. It's not as fun. You know, uh, there's, there's almost no reward is what I'm saying. It's like a risk versus reward, but there's no reward because it's all risk. You just once you start getting out, they all beeline towards you as quickly as they can, and you have no time to try to just cut out a piece of the board and get back to it. I think they might have messed up with the programming of those uh, little creatures because they immediately just go for you. And it doesn't matter if they're on the other side of the board. They just start running straight towards you and as fast as possible. So there's no way you can actually finish going from one point to another to cut out a piece of this board. So it's very frustrating. I, I think I got past like three levels before I finally was just like, okay, you guys are not letting up. What the heck? You know, and it's supposed to get more difficult from here. So I, I just gave up on it. It was really disappointing because I actually love Quicks as a game. The original game on the NES, um, if there was one on Tiari, I'm not sure, but I did play the NES version. If you're looking for a better version of Quicks, uh, either the NES version, obviously, but or the... Um, I believe it's the Game Boy Color version. Uh, that one actually has a cool kind of quest thing going on. It's It almost feels like they were trying to cross Quicks with a uh, um, Pokemon-style type of game. The only thing is it's really weird. All the creatures that you're going against look freaking freakish. It's, it's a strange game, but also cartoony. That's what makes it really weird is because it's cartoony, but weird-looking cartoony creatures. And, yeah, it, I guess it's one of those you know, uh, Japan centric type things, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely cool that one. So sadly, Quicks Neo, not so much. It had a cool idea. It looks like this futuristic world where you're going to different planets. You're a, a ship, you know, instead of just this little dot, you know, that you're moving across the board and you're trying to go across this terrain to cut off different pieces. It was really cool idea. You even have all these different power-ups as well, but it's just kind of random with the power-ups Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, as well as, you know, those enemies, the smaller enemies just like within a second or two are just hitting you and you have no real time to do anything unless you're going little inch by inch and then it's not fun anymore.
So there we have it. All the uh, retro remakes and reboots. I may do a sequel at some point if I find more. But as it stands, this was uh, the PS1 for mostly the Atari uh, era. Um, there was a little bit of Nintendo, as I said, with the last one of uh, Quix Neo. So yeah, uh, <laughs> try them all out. Even the dishonorable mention of Quix Neo. Maybe you'll it'll be better at it. Maybe you'll like it more. But it just seemed very disappointing to me. Maybe I will try it out again someday. And then you know, reevaluate this, but, uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot on there that is really fun. Even if it's just a remake, you know, just a new coat of paint, uh, for something that's already done well in its gameplay, but the real reboot type of things, those are just amazing and absolutely fun. Check those out. Pong, uh, breakout, you know, uh, the new centipede was surprisingly awesome. I actually thought it was going to be more confusing, but ended up being a lot of fun. And to get buried alive, like and subscribe and get notified to be revived next time. Die, everybody.